Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast. Established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher. Addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Once again, my name is Dallas here. Today, we have another amazing guest joining us. His name is James. Egidio. Oh, Egidio. <laughs> Man, so I practiced. I practiced. I still okay, Dallas. You are the host of a podcast called 99 Relapse. And you have been promoting this podcast for some time now, and you have an amazing testimony, an amazing story of your own, which is why you created the podcast. And so we're going to talk all about that. But first, I just want to know who you are. Who is James? Our audience always love to know the person that we're speaking to. Okay. Well, do you want to know who I am today or my overall entire life story? Let's do the life story. Let's go. Life story. Okay. Well, the Reader's Digest version is I originally came from New Jersey and moved to Las Vegas, Nevada in 1969. My parents brought me there. They got involved in the casino industry, which I never got involved with. So I was raised in Vegas for 52 years up until 2020. Wow. And in that time, I um, my father got me into playing competitive golf. As I was playing competitive golf, I won the first state junior golf tournament at 10 years old. And what happened was during that time, until about 13 years old, uh, I experienced uh, abuse, uh, both verbal and physical abuse from my father. And this leads to my story as to what led to my addiction. And I got into the early use of marijuana. And then I just gradually got involved with harder drugs. So that led me into the addiction up until about 24 years old. So at that point, you know, I said, I'm going to basically substitute the competitiveness of golf for, um, and I came from a family, a very meager background, you know, we were just middle-class people. We weren't country club living, you know, uh, my father was a working, came from a working class background, uh, or I did. Um, so anyway, I substituted the golf for academics and tried to pursue a background in biology and chemistry and did pursue that uh, later on. But I went into uh, the nutritional supplement industry for about seven years from like 1988 to 94. Mm -hmm. And then I opted out of that in 94 and went back and finished the biology chemistry degree and to pursue a I wanted, I wanted to aspire to, to do cardiothoracic physician assistant work. Back in 96, 97, 98, I had finished the degree in biology and chemistry. And I ended up having interviews. I had interviews in 1997 and 98 for some physician assistant programs, because like I said, I wanted to aspire to cardiothoracic PA work. 
So when I didn't get in, I got rejected in 98. I said, well, I have to do something. I had some business experience because I was in the nutritional supplement industry. And, you know, I, I had my degree and I didn't get into the PA programs. So in 98, they were, uh, the insurance companies were reimbursing physicians to do medical house calls. So I started a medical house call practice with a, a physician partner and started that in 98. We did that for like 12 years. I was a hands-on practice manager and uh, even published like three books wow. in uh, 2001, 2002, and three. So I published the three books, had the medical house call practice up until 2009. And in 2008, nine, I started a telehealth company, started one of the first telehealth companies that got a lot of traction on the internet uh, through Google. And we did that for eight, eight, nine years, and then transitioned the medical house call practice into a bricks and mortar practice in 2000, like I say, eight, nine, and did that up until 2020 when COVID hit and then opted out of that. So yeah. here I am today. Um, I've been very blessed, very fortunate to have gotten involved with niche medical practices and kind of mold my way and found my way through different opportunities to be able to do that. So it was a blessing. So yeah. Yeah. So this is where I'm at today. And you are today living in Florida. I am. I'm living in Palm Coast, Florida, which with my wife and my stepson, uh, we had to come here in 2020 because when COVID broke, uh, my stepson had immigrated from Italy and my wife too. And so when he came here in 2020 in the summer, uh, he got real frustrated. He shut the computer down. This was in Vegas. We were living at the time. We were like, okay, we got to get out of here. He's He's got to go to school, either that or he's got to go back to Italy. So I just, we just have to come back. We have to come this come to Florida. And that's mm -hmm. what we did. Yeah. Yeah. I can understand. I mean, I don't understand, but I can imagine because my wife is Brazilian. My son is dual citizen, American mm -hmm. and Brazilian. And so I can imagine the challenges that that would be if we lived in Brazil for the majority of his life and then moved to the US to do schooling. I'm sure it would be different. I'm sure it would be a challenge for anyone yeah you know, changing something in such a, a young age too, like a valuable time of your life, changing everything. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he's 17. So at the time he was like 15. So he's a senior now. Mm -hmm. He speaks English. He learned English within eight or nine months. And um, <clears throat> he, uh, I want to say <laughs> he could be doing better with his grades. He did much better last year than this year. So he's getting very well acquainted with let's say the American, American <laughs> okay. way of doing things. Wow, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, I was just, I think he could be doing much better in school. I think he'll be yeah. all right though. He'll be all yeah, right. That's good. Let's talk a little bit more about your podcast itself. So what led you to start this podcast going from your, your background, your testimony into launching this out and producing content about it? You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. Are you like me and you find yourself craving that classic rock music where the musicians created that vibe on real instruments? And then you say to yourself, oh, but the words, the lyrics. Well, you're not alone. My name is Father Maximilian, and I've spent the last few years creating vintage vibe Christian music for listeners like you. Just visit FatherMaxMusic.com. Vintage Vibe Christian Music at FatherMaxMusic.com. I know you're going to love it. Check it out. 
Radically Apostolic isn't just a book that Charles Robinette has written. It is a life that he has lived. It is a life unashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is an echo of the cry, Lord, send me. For the Christian who might be feeling a holy discontent in the harbor, this book will serve as a map for your journey. Find more information by searching Radically Apostolic on Amazon today. Yeah, so good question. So what happened was I got saved in 2013. I grew up in a, like I said, a very modest home. My mother was, you know, she took us to church. We were grew up Catholic and, you know, we went to catechism. We had first communion. We did all mm -hmm. the, the Catholic stuff. And she exposed us to the Catholic church and the Catholic faith, which was fine. It, it built a foundation for us. You know, it was a foundation. And I was out of the church for many years, many, many years up until 2013. So in 13, I had some pastor friends that I had met through a gal that I was dating. Her father was a pastor and her mom was a pastor, but the father was a pastor. So they were pastoring a real small assisted living home in Vegas. And I was dating her at the time and she wasn't really involved with um, church or anything. And I wasn't saved at all. And the father would keep giving me his message on Sundays, and I would move it from one end of the island in the kitchen to the other until it finally ended up in the trash. And this was back in 2011 and 12, and we pretty much broke our the relationship off in 13. I'll never forget it. I was laying in bed one morning, and we had already been broken up, long gone. She was pretty much, you know, we had been broken up for several months. And I was one of these guys, you know, you know, faith is for weak people, only weak mm -hmm. people need that. But I was at a time in my life where I had been involved in relationships with women for long, you know, long periods of time, five years, eight year relationships, but just felt something wasn't right. Mm -hmm. You know, I just felt something wasn't right. And I was laying in bed, like I said, one morning on November 8th of 2013, there was like this light and these blinds or shades on the right side of the bedroom. And, the, and I got up late that morning and then to the left was the dark side of the room. And just, it's like the Holy Spirit came into me and it says, you either have to accept this or reject it. And I'm like, accept what? Reject what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, what's, what do I need to accept or reject? And I knew right there what it was. It was accepting Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I looked to the right where the light was. And I looked to the left where the dark was and the right side represented the light hmm. and represented accepting Christ in my life. And the left was the, the dark. And I looked to the left again and to, then to the right, I accepted it. It's a good thing I was in bed laying down. <laughs> I ran yeah. to a Barnes and Noble and I asked for a Bible and they didn't have Bibles. And I was like, oh, geez. <laughs> so I ended up going to Amazon, of course, and ordering a Bible. And I started attending church. Um, in fact, I attended like two different churches and I went to every service and mm -hmm. did this for, I was like on fire for the Lord. And I was like, wow, this is great. One thing after another happened, I ended up, uh, and I never get it. I had a, like a boil on my hip and I had a, a what they call a felon underneath my nail. I had to go to an emergency room at three o'clock in the morning. And then several months later, my mom got diagnosed with cancer and she only mm -hmm. lived like three months after that. And that was in 15 uh, because I got saved in 13 going into 14 so in 14 she got diagnosed and she passed shortly after and well 12 months later in uh, january of 15 
So all these things happened, but I was just getting stronger and stronger in my faith. And, you know, it just, it was an amazing, an amazing, amazing transformation of what happened. Um, and then I looked back at, you know, after being saved, because I wasn't saved, like a lot of people who are challenged with addictions are at the bottom of their addiction. They're just at a point in their life where they're just on the verge of death Mm -hmm. and or in prison or whatever wherever they may have ended up and then you know they come to christ and i was at a point in my life i had been sober for 30 years but at that time 20 20 some odd years like 25 years or whatever so i'd been clean and sober for a long time so i was going to these different churches and i was going listening to different messages and i was listening to these messages on my purpose and my plan purpose and plan what's my purpose mm -hmm. and plan all these different messages on my purpose and my plan so i was like all right my purpose and my plan <laughs> so my sister was attending liberty university for an advanced degree in education so i said well, let me look into liberty university and let me see what liberty university has to offer in terms of uh addiction and recovery counseling so i looked into that it was very cost prohibitive at the time. It was like $18,000 for a two-year associate's certification. And then I'd have to be licensed in whatever state, you know, each mm -hmm. state I'd want to practice in or whatever. And I was like, nah, I don't know about that. So I looked into life coaching and I looked into a program called Institute for Life Coach Training, just for life coach background with an emphasis in addiction and recovery. So I was like, all right, that's cool. I'll do that. That'll work. So I was looking into addiction and recovery um through the institute for life coach training and i was i got my basic uh life coach training certification out of the way with uh electives in addiction and recovery but it was secular addiction and recovery mm -hmm. so i was like all right so i said well i'll go ahead and i'll do the secular addiction and recovery and i was challenging the instructor because we'd all do it on the phone you know and I would bring up Jesus and I'd say, well, what about, you know, Christian addiction and recovery? And what about, you know, how does faith you know, play, you know? Yeah. How does faith all? play? Uh -huh. And they would get really uncomfortable. They were like, mm -hmm. no, 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 it's, it's gotta be, you know, this way or that way. And I was, they didn't want to hear it. They would just squash it. I was like, uh, this is not good, but I went through it anyway. I got the certification in the secular end of it. And at the time when I was going through the secular recovery coaching, I was also serving lunches, actually serving at the Las Vegas rescue mission. And I got an email one day as I was, you know, going through my emails from a, a pastor Chavez. And he says, would you be interested in coming on board to be a Genesis recovery coach? And I'm like, true. I'm in, <laughs> you know, I'm That's in, I'm ready. For. <laughs> That's what I've been looking for. That's what I've been praying for. So I enrolled in that as I was serving the lunches, I was enrolling in, in this program and it was a short program to be trained to be what's called a Genesis recovery counselor. Mm -hmm. It's based on the, on biblical precepts and relapse prevention, cognitive therapy, uh, principles, and even the latest neurochemical research that they do so i was like and that's that's perfect because i have a background in biology chemistry plus biblical principles i'm on board with that completely and it's i'm like i'm ready so I, I get certified and i transitioned from serving lunch to um 
counseling voluntarily uh, clients at the Las Vegas Rescue Mission. So I'm like, this is great. This is what I'm going to do. And I did that. I did that for several months uh, in that time. It was a wonderful opportunity. But that's where I got my experience to, to become a recovery coach and counselor. So what I did is I, I was like, you know what? I, was, I had a lot of experience in telehealth with setting up a telehealth company. So I set up a tele, um, more or less like a telehealth type of online Christian addiction and recovery coaching website called trinityrecoverycoaching.org, mm -hmm. which is a nonprofit. You know, it's just basically nonprofit, uh, just accept donations for helping people get through addiction and recovery. And during COVID, it got a little busy. The only issue with that was I was having a little <clears throat> problem, not so much, I shouldn't say problem, but I was having a challenge with clients who would want the help, but they were still actively involved with their addiction. So it was hard to walk them through a 20-week program yeah. through you know, online coaching and counseling. So I was so frustrated with that. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take the program itself and elements of the Genesis Recovery program, and I'm going to make a podcast out of that. And I'm going to create Man. content around the program. And that's what I did. I started 99 Relapse. That's how 99 Relapses evolved. Is it evolved yeah. from trinityrecoverycoaching.org to tr uh, 99, the number 99 relapses.org, which is the mm -hmm. podcast. And that's how that yeah. was how it was birthed. You were talking a little bit about your studies in the secular industry, the secular world, but you wanted to take it into the faith-based recovery form. So do, let's just ask this question, does secular recovery work? Yeah, that's a good question. So I owned a medical practice for 24 years, found myself before I got saved, uh, assisting uh, clients. I was literally like coaching clients through the process of addiction and recovery at the clinic, because at that time in 2008, 9, and 10, we were having clients coming in who were uh, trying to come off of opiates, uh, heroin, and pain medication. Mm -hmm. Major challenge when it comes to addiction because of the withdrawal symptoms. So the doctor would write a prescription for um, the uh, medication called Suboxone, uh, which can also become highly addictive in, in um, medication. So I would find myself triaging the patient mm. and helping the patient get through the addiction process, right? By counseling them on and coaching them on dietary changes and exercise and drinking a lot of water, mm -hmm. the sensible things and, and substituting the bad habits for the good habits in their life. So what happened along the way is I'd have patients that were coming in too, that were going through NA and AA, start off really with good intentions. You know, they start off with biblical uh, principles, but the problem was they got away from um, the, bi the biblical principles and they, it became more of like a secular program and it became more of a higher power. Right. You'll hear a I've lot heard of this that term so many times, the higher power yeah. universe, God, like, who is it? No, it's God. It's Jesus. You know, right. That's, that's my worry with the, the AA 
Narcotics Anonymous, things like this. And for me personally, I, I have that rare thing. I've never went to one of these before. I went straight from my addiction to a Christian-based program. Right. And, and so I, I don't even know what it's like, but I just don't like the sound of it, the steps, all of these things. Like, where's the faith? Where's Jesus in the in the mix, you know? So that's my concern with it, but I, I just really don't know. That's why I'm asking right. you. Well, that that's what I'm going to answer. That's the that's mm-hmm. how I'm going to answer that because it's a two part question. So, what happens a lot of times when they go with the AA and the NA model? Uh, what happens there is that um, the higher power thing ends up basing it on willpower and self, mm-hmm. and that's why a lot of people find themselves back to where they were with willpower and self. You can't do it on your on your own. Yeah, that's the number one thing. A lot of anybody that's listening to this episode right now is that you cannot do it on your own. So, mm-hmm. what does that leave you with? It leaves you depending on God, on Jesus Christ, and right. on biblical principles. And the reason why I say that is because addiction is a multi layered issue. When I was telling you that I was dealing, going back with my testimony about dealing with issues with my father with verbal and physical abuse. What happened was over the years, that addiction uh, led to a lot of anger, mm-hmm. and it led to a lot of unforgiveness, and it led to rebellion, and it led to all these things. And when you peel back the layers of the onion of addiction, and you look, and this is what I emphasize a lot in my podcast episodes, is that you see that people that are suffering from addictions have to um resolve some old issues so if it's an issue of unforgiveness from an inequity from let's say a family member through physical verbal or sexual abuse or something like that well the element of forgiveness has to come into play and the only way you can do that is through through the grace and mercy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but through biblical principles and going into, let's say, for instance, forgiveness. Let's just take the word mm-hmm. forgiveness or rebellion or or anger or any of those. They're all in the Bible. It's all in the Bible. There's there, there's scripture that's associated with each one of those. And I tell a lot of people that they a lot of people say, Well, where do I start in a Bible? If you know you're just sitting home alone and you're challenge with your addiction and you got this unforgiveness or this rebellion going on and all this anger and angst Mm -hmm. is if you want to forgive someone you just go right into the bible you go into a concordance in the back of a bible you look up the word forgiveness and you just and then i mean jesus christ was on a cross hanging Mm -hmm. after being beaten bloody and hanging there and says father forgive them for what they've done they don't know what they've done right so we have to say, okay, if, if Jesus forgave the Romans for crucifying mm-hmm. them, then we have to forgive, you know, yeah. uh, So, or anger or rebellion. And all these addictions come from, they stem from a lot of that, that old stuff, that mm-hmm. old stuff. And then, you know, when I talk about the neurochemistry of addiction in the brain, you know, in my episodes, I finished a four-part series on the structure and function of the brain. <clears throat> um, you have two 
elements in the brain. You got the neocortex and the limbic system. Neocortex stores all the old memories and the bad memories. And then the neo the limbic system acts on that with the fight, flight, or freeze response. Mm-hmm. And this is what holds us back from making any progress in our life is that fight, flight, freeze response, and then taking those old memories and putting into the limbic system and acting out. Mm-hmm. So yeah. those old memories have to be resolved through prayer and meditation and taking some deep breaths mm-hmm. and just going to the cross. And also realizing, and I emphasize this a lot too, that addiction is sin. Addiction is sin. When you look at addiction, and I've done episodes on this where is addiction sin, you know, when we're addicted to something, a chemical or a behavior, mm-hmm. um, it's sin. And what is how do you resolve that sin? You you go to the cross and you ask for forgiveness and you repent mm-hmm. for it. And that's how it works. And that's what I how I emphasize that in the in the uh podcast episodes. So I didn't I hopefully I answered your question. No, you did. You did. Absolutely. Thank you. And we need the blood of Jesus. We need the the salvation, yes. you know. And for my life, I could not have become who I am today. I could not have overcame my addiction if it wasn't for Jesus. Because like you said, there's so many things behind the scenes that not I'm not going to say it led me into my addiction, but it's definitely things like you're saying that were involved through it that I needed healing from. Things that, you know, right. I hurt people in my addiction, you know, and right. forgiving myself. That's a huge one. Forgiving right. myself and not living in this condemnation that we have from addiction right. and all of these other things that stems from it. I think I like the way that you present it. You're presenting it with biblical truth and scientific fact, which is sometimes we we either focus on one or focus on the other, but you're kind of right. tying it together, which is what we need, I think. It's yeah, amazing, yeah, amazing yeah. And the thing is, is we have a merciful God. We have a loving mm-hmm. God. He's there for us. He's not there pointing his finger at us going, oh, you're yep. using, you know, cocaine or you're using mm-hmm. methamphetamine or you're using pills or you're a bad person or you're, you know, the. Um, he's a merciful God. He's a graceful yep. God. He's a loving God. But he's also a God that went to the cross and died for our sins. And we have yep. to realize that, that even it says in scripture, none of us are good, Right. But we have a loving God, a merciful God who forgives us for those things and those inequities yeah. and those sins. Right. Something I like to share with my testimony is that talking in Hosea, where God put, the, for example, the lover, the woman, we can call it, the, the lover was seeking for sin. They were seeking to go out and live this foolish life, right? But God puts a thorn bush between the lover and the one that they were chasing after or that addiction that they were chasing after. And we have such a good and loving father that he does that for us. And so for my life, I wanted the sin. I wanted the addiction. I wanted the drugs. I wanted those things, not because it was boring. It was fun. I enjoyed it, Mm -hmm. but it ruined my life. It destroyed me in a very quick time. And so God put those thorn bushes there. So when I tried to pursue the sin, it hurt me. And it did. And I'm so grateful that it did. It got me into a place where I admitted, man, I do have a problem. I do need a savior. My life sucks. I need to change something. I can't do it alone. You know, we kind of come to that place of rock bottom where we're like, man, I need a way out. I need a God to save me. And, And that's what happens. And so we have such a good and loving father that he puts a thorn bush between you and your sin. So you stop doing it. You know, what a he good does. God that we have. And it sucks. I'm, I'm, there are years I was picking out thorns of my life. Like, man, this sucks. This yeah. hurts. 
And yeah. <laughs> I brought some family with me. I brought some family through the thorns and not they're picking off the thorns too, you know, but right. this is the salvation of the Lord. He is the ministry of reconciliation. Right. Yeah. Did he Amen. restore everything that I, I damaged? Not yet. Seven right. years later, he's still restoring, but he is a good God. And he is, yeah. he's doing it. He's yeah. doing it. I love yeah. your podcast. I love what you're bringing here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. And, you know, it's so funny because I I don't want to come off like I'm condemning people. And, I don't, you know, I don't want to misrepresent mm -hmm. our Lord and Savior because, like I say, he's a loving God. He's a grace. He, yeah. he's, he's amazing. We, we have to have him to get through everything in life. And I think a lot of people see it on the outside that are not saved and that have mm -hmm. not experienced the joy in being saved, that it's this, we have to live by these rules. And if we break these rules, we're no longer Christians. And that's the furthest thing from mm -hmm. the truth. It's the true freedom. That's where the real freedom lies is in accepting yeah. Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's like no other faith. And he even says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one gets to the Father except through me. And when he says that, he means it. Mm -hmm. And we have to accept that and we have to you know we can't say oh we got to coexist mm -hmm. you know and it sounds for a lot of people on the outside it sounds very condescending and arrogant but it's the truth and it is the truth and all the truth is in the bible because i even had an episode where i talked about satan's worldly strategies to pull mm -hmm. us away from faith you know because we have to we have to cherish uh our faith as Christians, and if you if no one's been saved yet and who's listening, is that it's 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 a gift. It's mm -hmm. I call it winning the spiritual lottery yeah. is our faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's it's you can't put a price tag on our salvation. Mm -hmm. You can't. There's not there's you not can't a can't win the lottery if you don't play though. <laughs> That's right. So you, got, exactly. you gotta play. You got to right. try it out. You got to test the Lord. You got you to experience him. If you never right. allow yourself to experience him, you're never going to win the lottery of, of salvation. What you're saying, you never will. Test exactly. It. Experience the Lord. Absolutely. And anybody that's out there listening to this right now or going to listen to it, you know, before you take that next snort or you inject the next drug or you drink yeah. the next drink or you look at mm -hmm. the next, you know, porn site, just give just give God a chance. Give him a mm -hmm. chance to change your life and transform your life. Uh, it's it's amazing. It's amazing yeah. what he does in your life. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. And going back to the point that you were saying that he's not mad at you. He's not pointing his finger no. at you. His heart breaks for your addiction. Just right. as your family does, your family's praying for you to get healed or get saved or, or to stop your addiction. The Lord hurts for you. He loves you more than your parents do. He loves you more than your, your friends do. He, he created you in his image, right? He, right? His heart breaks for you. And so I just want to tell our audience who are listening today, maybe you're struggling with an addiction. Maybe you have a family member who is, but this is a message that it's so important for me. What I hope to be doing for the rest of my life is this type of work with addicts and, and things like this. I just want to say that the Lord is whispering to your heart and he's, he's speaking in a whisper because the, you said that the enemy strategy is loud. It's loud. It's like an oh, earthquake. Yeah. It's it's all of these things going on. But the Lord is speaking in a soft whisper to you. Follow me. Come here. Right. I love you. Yeah. Follow me. Come with me. Come with me. And he's not going to compete with the world. If you choose the world, you can choose the world. You have your free will. But the right. Lord is calling you. 
today in the dirtiness of your sin. One more part of my testimony is that in my addiction, I called out to Jesus when I was high. And I was high on acid. And I said, God, if you save me from this hell, I will serve you. And he did it. He he did it in the middle of my addiction. I didn't go to a church. I didn't go to a pastor. Those things are great resources. But I went right. directly to Jesus Christ. And I said, if you save me, I will serve you. And he did. He picked me up when I was still dirty. You don't have right. to clean yourself and then go to Jesus. You right. don't have to. That is a lie. You don't have to right. wait till next Sunday to go to church. Call yeah. on the name of Jesus today. Like you said, yeah. you're about to take a drink. You're about to shoot something up. Call on Jesus today. Yeah. Don't yeah. wait. Yeah. Don't wait. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the caveat to that is it is it going to always be easy? Is it going to always be glorious? Mm. And No, it's not. In yeah. fact, it's in, in Scripture. It's in Matthew. It's the, the road to... Mm -hmm. Salvation is is very narrow, but the gates to hell are broad and wide open. Um, so, it, it yeah, it's challenging. It's going to be challenging at times. But again, God's there for you. He's there. Mm -hmm. He's a merciful God and a loving God. And that and and I tell people too is just you got to dig your heels into Scripture, mm -hmm. even if you read a verse a day or you know or or something that's challenging. Go into a concordance. Concordances are great because. It takes a keyword, and we're all familiar with yeah. keywords through the internet. And when mm -hmm. you put a keyword into Google, and just go into the go into your Bible, that's better than Google. And Google yeah. a, a, a in a in your concordance, right in your concordance in your Bible in the back of your Bible, it's got a word like anger or like depression. It's all there, and it's it's uh, it has multiple scriptures, and. Um, that's how you cross-reference it, and that's how mm -hmm. you use. You can use your Bible if if you need a starting place. Yeah, you know, I mean, I could easily, and we, we as Christians, we could all say, "Well, just go to the Gospels," and and that's okay. That's good. It's you have to because we, you know, you don't want to compromise um, what Jesus has to offer in the Gospels. The Gospels are mm -hmm. is the Word, and the Bible is the Word, and it's the truth. But. Uh, if you're challenged and you need a starting place, just start in a concordance. Yeah, that's all I could say. Amazing. I want to thank you so much for your time here today. Everything Thanks. that you shared today, James. I want to ask way more questions, but our time does not allow it. But <laughs> I do want to ask: Where can our audience connect with you? Connect with your podcast, other things like that. Sure. So the podcast is on all the major platforms: Spotify, Apple, uh, Stitcher, all of them. <laughs> And also on the website, which is 99, the number 99relapses.org. That's the number 99relapses.org. Excellent. Thank yeah. you so much. And then, yeah. And then also they could, uh, you know, email me for prayer, you know, for family, friends, or themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so I'm, I'm always the power there. power of prayer and addiction. Absolutely. Those go hand yes. in hand. They sure do. Amen. Amen. I want to I want to invite you back to our podcast because our limited time here today, it's a busy day here in Brazil, yeah. but I do want to have you back on in where we have unlimited time to chat because sure. this is a very interesting and important conversation for myself and sure. for for my life. It, I mean, this is my life. Overcoming addiction is Sure. is so important for me. And I think that it's a message that needs to be spoken about. So Absolutely. James, thank you so much. I'm going to end our time Thanks. with a prayer today. Okay. Absolutely. You got it. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time here today to speak with James. Thank you so much for his message, his podcast, his 
expertise in the scientific field of addiction and all of those things that you've been able to use his life as an instrument for your people, Lord, that he's helping people be set free from addiction. And he's giving hope to families, to marriages, to husbands, to wives, to mothers and fathers and sons and daughters. Lord, thank you for this work. I pray that you bless his ministry, bless his podcast, bless all the things that he's doing to glorify your name and that we can help people co- help people overcome their, their darkness in their life, Lord. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Thanks, Steph. You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. With your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.